Hi, this is Pastor Mike from Compass in Monterey County. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I hope it encourages you and gives you confidence that Jesus is by your side and that his plans for you are to bless you. I love what Woody Allen once said. My only regret is that I'm not someone else. Are you glad to be you? Seriously, are you glad to be you? Surveys consistently find that when asked, are you glad to be you, more than 90% of Americans say, no, I have too many flaws. I'm defective. My goal this morning is to convince you that life is too short to spend it feeling defective. When a person feels defective, it really is a low-grade sorrow in their life. A sorrow that they're not better than they are. A sorrow that they're not like someone else. It's no way to spend your life. Instead, we need to have the mentality. Yes, you have too many flaws to be perfect. But too many blessings not to be glad to be you. Yes, you do. It's a matter of focus. Focus. King Saul in the Bible, believe me, needed to hear this sermon today. In 1 Samuel 18, he was not glad to be Saul. He wanted to be someone else. He wanted to be David. The Bible, you know, describes Saul as the tallest man in Israel and as handsome. And he was a great warrior. And he was the king of Israel. He lived in great luxury. He had all these blessings. But he was not glad to be Saul. You'd be surprised at who thinks they are defective. You'd be surprised. On the screen you see Janet Jackson. She's beautiful. She's hugely talented, successful, and she's wealthy. And she feels defective. Yes, she does. She says, and I quote, I have a difficult time looking in the mirror because I'm not pretty. I don't like my body. It has so many flaws. Really? You would never guess that about her. Or take Anne Hathaway. Her picture's on the screen, and this is what she says, and I quote, I'm not pretty. I have a small head with big ears and a big nose, and my lips are too big for my face. You'd be surprised at who feels defective. They're sitting all around you. Let me give you a little quiz. It's a quiz about whether or not we actually do feel defective, and Every time you honestly would say, yes, that's me, just count it on your fingers, okay? So the first one is this. Criticism for you is very hard to take. In fact, it either crushes you or it makes you angry. Yes or no? Two, you are very shy. You lack confidence, especially in big groups. 
Yes or no? You, th three, you tend to be very hard on yourself. You're very self-critical. Yes or no? Four, is it hard for you to receive a compliment? Instead of saying thank you, you usually deflect it. You don't believe it. Five, are you a perfectionist? Everything you do, you try to do perfectly. Why? Because it's a good way to avoid criticism and you can't take criticism. Six, do you envy others? And is it hard for you to rejoice at another's success or how good they look? Do you die a little when you see a woman prettier than you or a guy more successful? Or you walk into a room and you see a woman who's very attractive. Does that affect you? Seven, do you spend and spend and spend on material things? Why? Because it makes you feel better about yourself. Yes or no? Are you very competitive? Number eight. You have to win arguments, always be right. You even have to win at card games or it upsets you. Why? Because losing feels like you're defective. Nine, is it hard for you to admit you are wrong? Do you get defensive if challenged and start to argue? Yes or no? And honestly, are you often critical of other people? Because it's a way of taking them down. Eleven, do you love to hear gossip about another person? Do you love gossip? Because gossip about other people makes you feel better about yourself. Yes or no? So how many times did you say yes? How many of you ran out of fingers on your hands? A lot of you shake your head, yeah. The fact of the matter is whole industries in America are designed to make you feel defective. We're bombarded with it. In my research last week, I came across a terrific insight. The author wrote this, it's not who you are, that holds you back. It's who you think you are not. Think about that. Saul had so many blessings, but he suddenly felt defective when he compared himself to David. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. I wish I could convince people of that. But most people don't take seriously the effect of their thoughts upon their life. The way you think about yourself is far more important than most of you realize. That is why the habit of negative thinking is just such a joy robber. It's such a destiny robber. And feeling defective is the worst kind of negative thinking. It's actually an insult to your creator. 
there's an American Indian legend about a baby eagle that fell out of its nest into the barnyard of a farmer. The chickens took mercy upon this baby eagle and fed it, took care of it. It grew up to be a toddler, started to mature. And um, it did what it saw the chickens do. Um, walk around the barnyard, pecking the dirt for bugs and grain. But one day, he saw up in the sky a bird soaring beautifully on the winds of the sky. And he asked the other chickens, what kind of bird is that? And they said, well, that's an eagle. But forget it, you'll never fly like that because you're a chicken not an eagle, and you can't fly like that. And so the eagle went back to pecking dirt for bugs and grain and spent the rest of his life thinking he was a chicken, when all the time he was really an eagle. But because he thought he was a chicken and not an eagle, he never did fly. He never soared on the winds of the sky. He spent the rest of his life pecking the barnyard dirt for bugs and grain. Believe me, that's a parable of so many people's lives. They never become what they're intended to become because of the way they see themselves and think about themselves. They keep saying, I can't. And that's why I've called this series, Yes, You Can. You're an eagle, not a chicken. So much potential loss. Low self-esteem is a severe disability. It's like driving through life with a parking brake on. Think about that. It's a worse disability than losing a leg or an arm because it shuts off so many possibilities. So let me ask you again on a scale of one to 10, how glad are you to be you? Are you a two? Are you more of a nine, the other end? Where are you on that scale? Focus is everything. Some of us are like a beautiful rosebud that has never opened. Because we focus on our flaws rather than all the blessings we have. Now, as I wrote this sermon on Friday and Saturday, I thought to myself, I know what the people are going to think when I give this message. They're going to think, I can't do this. I've always seen myself as defective. I've never really liked who I am very much. I can't change. This is just me. Yes, you can change. You gotta stop saying, no, I can't change. You gotta start saying, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Let's practice that. Yes, I can. Gee, three of you said it. Let's try it for another. Yes, I can. One more time, we're practicing. Yes, I can. In the name of God and with the full support of the Bible, if you're thinking you can't change, you are wrong. Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. You are wrong if you think you can't. Let Romans 12 verse 2 transform you. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Such a tremendous promise. But we have got to work at this. People come to me and say, would you pray for me? What they really need to do is work at that promise. What they need to do is start breaking some brain habits. And all the prayers in the world aren't going to help you if you don't break some of these brain habits that you've grown up with and take as normal. Brain habits. I just love that phrase. Have you ever realized the brain habits that you have? Have you ever just observed the thinking habits that you have? It's important because if you keep the same brain habits, you're not going to change. You'll keep getting the same results you've always gotten. Why? Because a low-grade sorrow over the flaws, the defects we think we have, it's a low-grade sorrow. And I think life is too short to spend it feeling defective. So the first thing to do first brain habit to break is this. Get your cotton-picking eyes off of other people. Get your cotton-picking eyes off of other people. Most of us live our life with our eyes on other people. Saul refused to get his eyes off David. A few months earlier, David was a teenager with this slingshot, uh, killed the giant Goliath. The giant everyone else was afraid of. And David immediately shot to the top of the most, most admired chart in Israel. Women swooned over him. Every woman wanted to date David. And David was a combination of Brad Pitt and Rambo. <laughs> the most desirable man in all of Israel. <clears throat> and they sang this song in Jerusalem. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Uh-oh. Saul took the bait. They were playing the comparison game and he joined in. And verse 8 says, Saul was very angry. They credited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. I'm telling you, the comparison game eventually is a loser's game. You're going to come up against someone you compare yourself to that has what you do not have. It's a loser's game. But people play it all the time, don't they? Especially on social media. <laughs> it's just, Facebook is just the devil's tool to make you feel inferior. People lie all the time about what they're doing on the Facebook. But we take the bait. We click on a social platform. We see our friend in Hawaii on the beach having a wonderful time. And we haven't had a vacation in three years. Kind of makes us angry. And then worse, she's in a bikini and she looks fabulous. <laughs> Comparison. And then maybe... A friend moves into a really nice apartment. You've been happy with your apartment. 
apartment building has a pool, you're happy there. Until you go to your friend's apartment and you see how much nicer it is than your apartment and now you live in a shack, a hovel. <laughs> it's a loser's game to compare, but we do it all the time. Comparison is the unhappy mental habit we must break. Many of us learned the comparison game from our parents. Maybe your mother or father compared you to your sister or brother. They wanted to know why can't you be an athlete like them? Why can't you get good grades like they do? Why can't you? It just goes on and on comparing you to your brother or your sister. And you know, it doesn't always have to be verbalized. You can grow up feeling defective because your brother was a star athlete and you just weren't at that level. And he was big man on campus. And you know, people hardly knew your name. Or she, your, your sister, was just fabulously popular, homecoming queen or something like that. She was really big on campus and you weren't. And the conclusion you came to was, I'm defective. I'm not like them. Doesn't that ring a bell with anybody this morning? I'll tell you a personal story. I hope you don't pass on, but because this sermon is hard on me. Because I was a, I grew up in a family. My mother always told the truth. <laughs> and uh, I came home from college one summer and I met Susie in Young Life and I started dating her. And by the end of the summer, I wanted to introduce her to my parents. So I brought her home and introduced her to my mother and father. And we talked a little while and then I took Susie out to dinner and home. And uh, when I got back to my house, my mother said, this is verbatim, she's beautiful, she's too good for you. I said, you're my mother. You're supposed to be on my side. And she said, but I'm telling you the truth. You're going to get nowhere with that woman. Now that was a confidence crusher. And you know, that happens. You have these, maybe your parents were confidence crushers. But there are things that happen if we're not careful we develop this negativity about our self-image. Dr. Maxwell Maltz is a famous plastic surgeon and his mission in life was to make women feel beautiful by giving them the physical features that they always dreamed of having. And he did make women beautiful. He changed their body into the body they always wanted. But he found that his patience to his surprise didn't think they were beautiful. They still looked into the mirror and they thought they were unattractive. Even though all kinds of people around them said, you're beautiful with these changes. Let me share just one of his case uh, reports. He operated on a woman named Marie and he gave her the, the body, 
that she dreamed of having. And Marie's husband thought it was terrific, thought she was beautiful. In fact, he liked to brag on how beautiful she was to other people. But Marie did not believe him. She discounted everything he said. You know what I mean by discount? You get a compliment and you wave it off. You say something that really takes away the compliment. You don't receive it. That's what she did. She said, I look in the mirror every day. I know what I look like. I'm not attractive, but thanks for saying so. She discounted it. Maltz came to the obvious conclusion. It's not what's on the outside that finally matters. It's what's going on in the head that finally matters. You could be made to look beautiful. Plastic surgery, though, was not the solution. The solution was breaking brain habits. The Bible tells us over and over to develop the habit of being thankful. That's how you break this brain habit. You start to develop the habit of thankfulness. It's just amazing to me how many people are very, they have little thankfulness in their life. If you listen to them, it's mostly complaints. They're not thankful for just being able to see, being alive, being able to walk, not having dementia. There's a lot of things to be thankful for. So the Bible tells us develop the habit of thankfulness. In fact, it's a commandment. To be unthankful is a sin in the Bible. So I read this this last week. It's not happy people who are thankful. It's thankful people who are happy. Isn't that true? I wish all of us believed that. Get your eyes off of others. Stop comparing yourself to others. Start, stop taking so much for granted and start being thankful for all the blessings God has given you. So when you wake up in the morning, before you get out of bed, I'm suggesting the first thing you, you develop this habit, the first thing you do is you lay there, your head on a pillow and say, I'm blessed. Now you can get up. And at the end of the day, when you get back in bed, you lay your head down on a pillow. I'm blessed. Start and end your day that way. It's been so long since you've said that. We should practice. Say it with me. I'm blessed. There's about eight of us there. This site over here is having a lot of trouble with this. I don't know what's up. You haven't said it in a long time, have you? Let's try. We got to practice. I'm blessed before you get out of bed and when you go to bed at night I guarantee that's going to change your life secondly your words are powerful be careful what you say about yourself and to yourself most people are just not careful about what they say about themselves and their self-talk what they say to themselves. Saul said to himself, David is better than I am. He's more successful. And immediately Saul was unhappy. So Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, life and death are in your words. In your words, 
that you say about yourself and to yourself. Words are deeds. If we are our own worst critic in our head or with our mouth, I guarantee you will feel defective and you'll go through life with this low-grade sorrow. But you know, if you start to listen to yourself, or you start paying attention to your spouse and how they talk about themselves, you might be surprised how negative they are about themselves, their failures, how they look, all the rest. We've got to break that brain habit. We've got to begin to count our blessings. With your spouse and your friends, start to talk about your blessings. Not all the things that are wrong with your life. Make up your mind to speak to yourself like someone you love and like someone who needs your encouragement. And that's why it says in the Bible, when David was going through a hard time, it says, and I quote, David encouraged himself in the Lord. You got to be able to encourage yourself. And the way you do that is you start speaking your blessings that God has given you and being thankful. Life is just too short to spend it feeling defective. It kills your joy, your dreams, your self-confidence. There is absolutely no benefit in feeling defective, is there? Did you know Napoleon's toothbrush sold for $21,000 at Sotheby's? $21,000 for a toothbrush made out of horsehair. Just goes to show you something is worth what people will pay for it. JFK's golf club sold for $870,000 at Christie's. Something's worth what someone will pay for it. On the screen you see Marilyn Monroe's dress that she wore when she famously sang happy birthday to JFK. Pretty nice dress. It sold for $4.8 million at Christie's. Something's worth what someone will pay for it. Did you know the Bible calls Jesus' death on the cross a ransom paid to the devil for us. A ransom. Money paid to the devil to set us free and to save us. How much are you worth? You are worth Jesus paying an exorbitant ransom to save you and set you free. Don't you dare call yourself defective. You are priceless. You got to stop calling yourself defective and start calling yourself priceless because Jesus paid a ransom for you. You got to get that in your head. That's the good news of the Bible. But can you receive it? Will you stop calling yourself defective? Don't say you can't. Yes, you can. But it's your move. It's your move. What will you do from this day on?
Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd help every person in this room do what they've heard today. And it's break brain habits that are just taking them down. And to begin to identify them and break them. Help us, Lord, to just celebrate all the blessings you've given us. I pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. That was such a relevant message from Dr. Mike. You can order a DVD copy from the website of Compass Church of Monterey County. If these messages are helping you, why not share them with friends and family? It's a great way to be a blessing to others. May God's blessing and favor be upon your life. <laughs>